In 1858, outside Boston, a bat and ball game was created, which came to be known as the Massachusetts game or town ball. It's not the New York game most people know, with a diamond field and three bases. Rather, in this game, there was only one out per inning. The infield was a square, and there wasn't even a foul territory. There were plenty of reasons why the New York game won out over the Massachusetts game as our national pastime. Most notably, the geometry of the New York game made it both aesthetically pleasing and playable. But the geometry of the Massachusetts game was awkward and off kilter. Many who have played both styles, however, recognize that there are some aspects of the 1858 game that make it preferable to the New York version. What if there was a game that had the geometric appeal and playability of the New York version and the unorthodox aspects of the popular Massachusetts game? 21st Century Town Ball is an attempt to be just that. With a couple tweaks added in 2012, like a physical strike zone, five total bases, stealing first base, and the ball always being live, the goal of 21st Century Town Ball has been, and always will be, to forestall the growing exodus from bat and ball. Let's bring people back to the game. Graham, who are you going to have on the podcast today? Oh, I'm going to have my friends Jimmy and Josh, although Josh goes by JT. Hmm, Jimmy and Josh. That sounds like Jimmy John, like Jimmy John sandwiches. Why don't you just call it the Jimmy Josh episode? No, Kermit, that's like too cheesy. We can't do that. Besides, this is not an ad for Jimmy John's, although... I do really like their sandwiches. My favorite one is the number 12 with the avocado, if anyone's curious. Yeah, I like a lot of their sandwiches, except uh, any of them that have pork on them. I uh, I have some ethical problems with that, you know, with Miss Piggy and all that. Ah, yes. Well, good thing they are accommodating for people or <clears throat> frogs like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and today we're continuing on the Fresno, California theme from our last episode. We're going to hear not only from town ball players, but university high school cricket players. Before there was town ball at UHS, there was cricket. And we'll get to hear about that at length for the first time in this series from our repeat guest, Jimmy Sanborn, and newcomer to the podcast, Josh Treesman a.k.a. JT. Nope, not that JT. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Nope, not that one either. How's it going? Yup, that's the one. Jimmy and JT go way back as friends at UHS, and they were there to witness the transformation from the cricket season to the town ball season at UHS year in and year out in the early to mid-2010s. Today, they both play on the town ball team called the Fresno Eagles, formerly known as the New York Mutuals. Jimmy and JT's perspective on the overlap between cricket and town ball is something unique to the UHS years that wasn't quite covered in Chapter 1. So this is really where you'll get to hear that conversation. We had some good laughs on this episode, so you don't want to miss out on this Jimmy Josh sandwich. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing good, how are you? Oh good, let me get my dog out there. Hey Jimmy. Hey, how you doing? Good, it's Friday night. That it is. That it is. For most Lemme. people, this is when their work week is ending. But I'm on the job hunt right now. And my last day at my job was Monday. So every every day's every day's a Friday night for me right now. So yep, I big 
bankruptcy of my employer. Everybody was going to be laid off in waves. I knew it was coming. I lasted two months after the bankruptcy. So got a couple good leads for some interviews starting next week. Um, uh, just come sell solar with me. Just come do what? Just come sell solar. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, well, it's half of what I do, but yeah. Nice. Well, you're in the right area to sell solar. That I am. Where are you at? Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to go somewhere. Yeah. I could sell, like, lake boat stuff. You sure could. Oh, uh, heck yeah. Insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like to ride the... Well, I guess that lakes don't really have waves, but... uh. Do you like to touch the lake water a lot with your boat? That's the, in that's dangerous the place. Touch the lake water. Touch the lake mm, water. Yeah. You like to touch the lake water. Yeah. Rev your <laughs> engines. Water. Well, Jimmy, this is technically a repeat for you. A little bit, yeah. You were on before. Uh, a few months. Uh, we recorded, gosh all the way back in April, and then I think that episode got published in early July. That was in our first yeah. chapter. I still haven't um, watched it, but I caught up on the other ones. They were good. Thanks. I really like the first few that we did. So, Josh, I'll give you just a overview of the podcast so far. So, way back in February, Jones and I realized that we don't, at this point, we haven't had anything put together that tells the whole story of how the game was made in Fresno and then how it's grown and done crazy cool stuff since then. So the podcast is serving three purposes. It's historical. It's like telling we are documentation, right? We're actually like the story lives somewhere yeah. in a file Two, it's educational. Not all town ball players know all the most cool milestones of the sure. game and a lot of the Oregon people don't know a lot about the Fresno beginnings and vice versa I don't know how many Fresno people have known about how things have grown sure. since Jones left uh, and then three it's entertaining we got we yeah. got some pretty cool people on they're funny they've got really great stories um, and they're kind of they're like within our small community of people who play the game they're kind of fam famous to some degree right sure so well and that's actually why jones recommended i have you both of you on together um you know obviously jimmy's a repeat but josh you haven't been on yet the uh you guys go way back at uhs university high school oh yeah and you you Ooh. guys even know what it was like with the cricket league before the town ball league started yeah um yeah and i i have to say i have i should call you what everyone calls you jt you know we all got our like shorthand nicknames mm -hmm. jones tommy jt roche artash so my my name is only one syllable so th don't start calling me gra no, I'm gonna call <laughs> you don't make it any harder but yeah jt what was it like at uhs before Townball came onto the scene, and then what changed about just like the way um, the cricket club was because of Townball and things like that? That's something that Jones thought you would get excited about. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, I would say a big part of before Townball, I mean, we just didn't have much to do when it was Townball season. All we had was cricket. And then basically in the beginning, they had a debate to create town ball during the elective session, kind of. If I'm correct, Jimmy, you can correct me if I'm wrong. There was a lot of debates at lunch, too. But, but yeah, it was uh, just cricket, which was a lot of fun. But not a lot of people got hyped up about cricket. Uh, wasn't easy to last through the year. Um, I mean, it's a lot of fun if you try it. You can get hooked. But, it's I mean, it's not for everyone. Uh, and it's definitely a, kind of a harder sell. Whereas baseball, right, something like baseball, quote-unquote, you know, is an easier sell for people around here, in, in my opinion. So people got really excited about that. And then you get to tell high schoolers, and you can throw the ball at your friends, you know. Uh, you might <laughs> miss, but you can you can do that. So it was just hype. You know, it was a lot of fun. It brought a lot of people in. 
Yeah, for sure. When when you mean that it was hard to last through the cricket season, you mean like competition wise, elimination wise, or like weather yeah, to, or to what? Keep it going. Um, to keep it going throughout the year, right? It was a much shorter season, uh, so people would kind of fall out and forget about it. Whereas having something uh, in in both sessions was easier to keep people in the club to kind of integrate the cricket and town ball club. Was Jones the captain of the entire cricket club as well? So the cricket club, so how it works is each team has a captain and they almost work as like representatives of each team. And Jones is like, he usually is the captain of a team, like in town ball, he is as well. And so he'll get to pick a team. So basically each team captain is a manager of their own team. It was kind of organized the same way as town ball. And then you'd have ums and scorekeepers that you know would volunteer from the other teams during the games, things like that. I think the main Got thing, it. if I can jump in there too, is uh, because it was going on at a high school, we had to have somebody who was in charge of it. And so he was yeah. running the class, especially when it was during the elective sessions, because we would have normal school throughout the year and we'd play pickup games. And it was at the end of each semester that we would do our season. They'd be you know, two weeks long or something like that. And yeah. um, so Jones was the one who kind of organized things, kind of kept things lined up properly. So that way when the season came along, we could all enjoy it and really just kind of have fun. But he also wanted to play. So that <laughs> well, the, the captaining came in. So he put himself into the system, but he also kind of helped maintain it. He's and like he, a... Go ahead. Like a commissioner, but he never lost the love to play. Yeah, he's like a commissioner, GM, head coach, you know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Player coach type deal. Yeah. 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 There was, um, so on our, I think it was on our Discord recently, Chuck or someone found an old video of a, like a small commercial that you guys must have made for the cricket club. Oh. And, I think this was right before Town Ball started or like discussions were happening, but it wasn't like a solidified thing yet. Jones was 10 years younger and uh, no offense, Jones, but probably 10 pounds lighter. And uh, oh, wow. He said it. He uh, he no, he looked he looked good. He, 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 but he, but it was he was clean shaven like, no, he's just trying to backpedal now. He he looked like someone from another era, and it was just bizarre. Well, that was, you... that was another era for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like five kids ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. literally. I I think the only kids he had were Chuck, Deborah, Rachel, maybe Jonathan at that point. Uh, um, only those. Only yeah, the first half. Did he have Josh after? Josh or... is like eighteen or nineteen now. So That's, this this video this video was like 2011 2012. So we're only talking like 10 years ago. When we started the cricket club, I asked the captains to pick uh, three teams, three countries to represent. So the countries they picked were Australia, New Zealand, and Great Britain. And so um, we we pick new teams every year, but we keep the team names the same so that we can keep stats for the for the for the lecture. And the fact that we have three teams is good because we get a good rivalry going between them. So it's a lot of fun. Techniques like you always have to talk to people, make sure that your team, if your team doesn't feel good, like energy-wise, they're not gonna perform well. So I feel like I've learned how to talk to people, especially the freshmen. This year's the first year we got jerseys, new equipment, and it's all because it was all Jones's idea. So he's just making it better. Kind of shows us different aspects of sports, not just the mainstream, uh, most popular ones, but also different fun sports that aren't as popular. In a great four years um, overall, I feel like uh, I wouldn't have gotten this experience anywhere else, and I think um, overall, just UHS in general, has brought me the most unique aspects of not just school but life in general. And I think uh, it went by really fast, and hopefully, uh, the next year, the more future years for me are just as influential. A lot of it is due to the cricket club, Mr. Jones, and all the people I've met. So we're all good fun. But everyone was in high school, and I've no, I've only met these guys post college or post high school my age. All right. So it was just funny watching that 
Um, and that's the only glimpse I've ever had from a video standpoint of what the cricket league was for you guys. I've only ever just been inundated about town ball stuff from UHS. So you guys right. are the first ones to really comment on the cricket league so far in the podcast. Jones has like alluded to it once or twice, but for though, I mean, town ball has this huge appeal to like everyone and it attracts a lot of different kinds of people because it can be played by so many people. Did cricket have that kind of appeal too at UHS or it not as much? It was appealing for different reasons. I would say um, it's for different reasons personally. Um, yeah. Because again, like Josh said, he put it perfectly here. It's a lot easier to get people interested in a sport that they're familiar with. And cricket is something that's not very ubiquitous here in Fresno. So it, it attracted almost an entirely different set of students from ball. And another point that I think you put perfectly was that, you know, we needed to have one semester of one, one semester of another, because the people who would play just town ball all year long and just cricket all year long, although those are very diehard people, they, they're very few and far between because it gets old to the people who are just learning the game. You know, they want to have a little bit of a breakup of it. And that's the nice part that we had going on with both was that we could really dive in fully for both of them and really commit ourselves 100%. One semester, man, we are going to become the best cricket players we can be. And then, you know, next semester, we're going to become the best town ball players we can be. And then we jump back and forth. And it really helped people who weren't necessarily all in on cricket or all in on town ball enjoy both sports and not get burnt out. You know, and on that, I think before town ball, I, when I say town ball brought people in, I really mean like people who joined because of town ball, which was a lot of people stayed and tried cricket because they wanted the same camaraderie, the same group. Because it, like when I say they were team captains, I don't mean people were just like wanting to be like team captains. Like people really wanted to be picked for captains. People would run for boards, uh, board positions of the club. People really wanted to be involved because it was growing and it was a lot of fun to be involved and people stayed for that environment. I think Brad described it as uh, the ruffians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very like land of the lost or lost boys, like just, but like with one adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To make sure we didn't turn on each other. <laughs> yeah, no. And he did. I mean, it, it, I mean, there were some points I, it got competitive, you know? So it was a lot of, fun. I mean, there, I said some not choice words, uh, during some things. <laughs> yeah. Me and Josh both were very good at, um, at egging on the competition. Let's say Jimmy broke a window, but that was cause he hit it so hard. Yeah. No, I hit a moon <laughs> shot because <laughs> my swing is definitely a baseball swing. And so going into cricket, I don't, I don't play golf, so I don't know how to do a swing yeah. that starts low and goes high and to keep it straight, you know? And so every time I was just popping these things up, they would just go straight up and straight back down. And boy, I hit one. I think it almost touched a star and <laughs> it didn't and then go off. Oh, yeah, it dove. It didn't go very far, but it went far enough to crack a, a, a car's windshield. I mean, all the way across, spider, spider webs all the way across. Oh, my gosh. And it was one of those things where you break a window and I just wanted to run. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got to get a ground rule triple on that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the only reason they didn't catch it was because the hood of the car was in the way. Yeah. <laughs> they could have walked there. They really they could have walked there. But, I mean, we really all just watched it. We were like, no, no, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of just like, cause was, that was during a lunch game, I'm pretty sure. So we all just kind of like stopped and were like, now we have to go tell Bushman. <laughs> I think just, I think Joe handled it. I don't know what happened, but. I, uh, I think just, he did. Yeah, because I was 16, something like that at the time. I didn't know what the heck to do. Good times. <laughs> Just uh, resign before you get fired, Jimmy. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Beat him to the punch. <laughs> what uh, what kinds of cricket players would you guys have described yourself as? I mean, Jimmy, you just said that you know swinging was, was you know you only swing 
you know, one way and hard to keep it straight. In cricket, that's not a bad thing, per se, yeah. because you're doing a bit of a scoop there. Well, actually, that was something that once I figured it out, I I think it was the, the only all-star game I ever played in because I was not a high a high up batsman, you know. I was definitely towards the, the bottom of the list. And during an all-star game, I apparently figured out how to leg sweep. And I was just going for boundaries on the left side because I was just swinging like it was a baseball bat, catching it way out early and just hooking it to the left, just grounders for, for boundaries over and over and over again. Anytime it came up near my waist, it was gone. But if you kept it low, I was out. No pitch wasted. What about you, JT? Uh, I usually played uh, like behind the wickets. Uh, I was a very like defensive player. I usually, in terms of batting, it would either be like fours, like grounders, or just a lot of singles. I was usually pretty good at staying in because I was good at just getting contact with it and, and getting a single. Yeah, I'm good at short distances. It's the long distances are rough. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like that quote from uh, Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, very oh, dangerous yeah. over short distances. <laughs> well, you know, JT, he was like I said, he was like he said, he was really good at just not getting out. And since we didn't play with overs, it would just frustrate the pitchers because there's no there's no limit. He could just sit there and just say, "I'm not going to hit that one." Oh, that was right on the wickets, and you liked it. Uh, just block, and exactly. he would just stay in the whole dang game. <laughs> I've never hit- seen. Oh wait, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. Who's gonna? He hits his singles, and when he picks his spots, he goes for the boundary, and it was great. It was a great thing to watch him as a teammate. I hated him a little bit though because I hate running, <laughs> and every time he hit those singles, you could just hear me going shoot. <laughs> yeah well i would always be like jimmy i'm just trying to get you there so you can slam it it's not my fault (laughs) oh i mean i I didn't like running but (laughs) so i was there for a short for a good time not a long time yeah you know you know got got everyone's got their place everyone's got their their place on a team oh man How, how does the um Town ball has been described as being so good at rotating people around and having no shuffle, you know, no set order in the batting lineup. You can shuffle it, and you have way more strategy and choice. Yep. Are some of those elements also there in when you guys played cricket? Uh, oh. Cricket, you have to have a set bo- batting order, and it doesn't change if I remember correctly. You get one bat. Yeah, but I mean the the order can't change if I remember right. Oh, um, I don't. I don't think I ever played enough cricket for us to do games with I, and, multiple bats. Yeah, so I don't know. It's my memory in the elective that a set batting order for cricket is the set batting order. So that's what you have to do every at bat or whatever. Yeah. The elements we took from cricket were very much like the three sixty game. The ability to run back to your home plate, the ability to probably peg, even though it's like not like it's not throwing out, you know, some or throwing it at someone in cricket, but you can throw it at the wickets and that gets them out. Um, so I'm sure there was some sort of correlation, maybe. I would say the defensive mindset too was huge. A hundred percent. You hit, you go where you think they're going to hit it. And then from the offensive side, whatever the defense gives you, you work with. Right. You know? Yeah, no, that was the best. I think, yeah, I totally agree. The free flow, like the ability to choose, you know, where to play and who to play and when. No foul territory, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, we yeah. we had to make we had to make boundaries because we would have people like Seth Kisby and then Mark Angelis, and they would decide, well, I guess if there's no boundaries, I'll just run off campus and see who's gonna follow me yeah you know? <laughs> mark would just go after him because he was like fast enough um seth would just like to figure out who's gonna go how far are there hidden yeah, ball tricks in cricket oh no not really i mean i guess if you really wanted to as the bowler 
you could try and uh, catch the uh, runner, not the not the batsman that you're bowling at, but the runner that's on the same side as the bowler. You could try and catch him slipping if you wanted to, because a lot of guys that were the runner but not the batter, they would try and get a head start with the bowler. Because the bowler takes a running start. They're running from behind the wickets. They're running towards the batter. and It's like a leadoff. Exactly. They're trying to get a little bit of a jump. And so if you if you thought you could get the guy, if you thought he was across the line with nothing down, instead of instead of bowling, you could just carry it through and just toss the ball behind you and see if you get him that way. Yeah. But other than that, there's really no hidden ball trick. Got it. Interesting. Well, yeah, because there's no base running. So, right. I mean, uh, it's two it's two spots, and you're just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So, yeah, there's no strategy. Well, I mean, there was definitely a difference, in, you know, if you watch a UHS game versus, you know, a, a pro or even just a pickup game of people that actually know how to play, like, fairly well. You know, like, things that Jimmy and I would do would, I'm sure, be much harder to do against, like... I mean, we had bowlers that were pretty intense. Like, there was Shivam... Uh, and there was a few other really good ones, honestly. There, there's a big skill gap for sure for most people. I think that goes back to just cricket not being uh, as popular. Very... Exactly. Yeah, it's new motions completely. It's, I mean, even bowling the the cricket ball. The fact that you don't have a glove. There's a lot of weird oddities to overcome when you start cricket. How to swing the 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 paddle. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, to wrap it back up into uh, town ball, what that did was it really helped us to make sure that we were thinking outside of the box because it really came from such a, a structured baseball mindset that people were having a hard time understanding like, oh, I can leave whenever I want, you know, and I can go wherever I want and I can hit wherever I want and that freedom. Um, I think that helped tremendously kind of grow the base running and defensive aspect of town ball incredibly quickly because it was already there. Guys were hitting balls left and right because they played baseball a lot, but they were just too rigid, too structured. Yep. And, and Jones encourages Tom foolery in pretty much any game he's playing. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, when town ball started at UHS, did it feel more, like a cricket-adjacent game or a baseball-adjacent game? Baseball. Yeah, and I think a lot of that was just because we, we it was the closest thing we had to mind. Um, cricket was there, but again, coming from the background that most guys do, um, it was the, the more readily available one. But through the iteration, no, it swung back and forth a lot. It went really heavy cricket one time, and then it went really heavy baseball one time. And so it yeah. it was kind of like a, a good balancing point because so many people were familiar with baseball, and we were giving them a reference point with cricket to see, okay, how far can we go in either direction without just recreating the wheel? But I do remember, you know, you bring that up, that, that, that makes me remember conversations I would have with Jones you know, during town ball, during the kind of creation of it, when the rules were kind of still fluid and everything, um, you know, when he would, he, he even asked me, does this feel like cricket or, or baseball? And I was, I always felt like it was baseball, mostly because the equipment choice, uh, whereas I do see elements of cricket, but he always, at least back then, he would, he would always just say, it reminds me of cricket. But I think he also has a quite a love for cricket that's like understated. Yes. Other than like the, the no foul territory and that we have a zone behind the batter, which is kind of similar to the wickets, I don't really see any other big similarities to cricket. I mean, we technically do have a cap on our innings, but the game sure. won by innings, so sometimes it feels like there's no overs or innings. <laughs> but, I mean, Jones's whole story is like he broke his finger doing tryouts for baseball in college, mm-hmm. and so he couldn't play, and he loved baseball, but then he wanted more freedom in the game and he felt too restricted. And so he turned to cricket and then after playing cricket for so long, he missed the base running of baseball. And then that's kind of town ball is like the perfect blend mm-hmm. uh, in his mind 
for those two things. It provides you the no foul territory of cricket, but the base running of baseball. So, right. Um, that's would, like their marriage. I, I would argue that the the hitting mindset of of town ball is very similar to the hitting mindset of cricket, though, because the possibility of a zone. If you're thinking if you're thinking purely in baseball terms, there's nothing like a one pitch out that doesn't involve hitting the ball, and so that changes your approach because a lot of baseball is standing there waiting for what you're looking for. As opposed to cricket, when you have to be a little bit more reactionary in your hitting style. And so I think that there's a, a different approach, at least in my approach, um, there's a different approach to how you go about hitting because you're more interested in not getting out than you are in smashing a home run because right. you can only do so much to get to that next score threshold. But as a team, you can do a lot better with strategy, with reorganizing your your lineup, with certain techniques you can really stretch out your runs a lot more than just one guy going up there batting 250 but smashing a home run every time so i think that that's a huge thing that that doesn't get considered enough is that mindset of if you're in a baseball terms a two strike pitch where you're always defending where you're always protecting your wickets if you will yeah i mean i had baseball experience as a kid I, I played in like a local league and then I didn't really touch baseball in high school at all. And then I met Jones because my brother was going to Veritas school where Jones was at in Newburgh. And then town ball reminded me of what it was like to play baseball as a kid. And it reminded me of all the things I loved about it without having to do any of the things I didn't like about it. And I think that was my initial draw to the game. And then the more you play it, the more you realize what's at your fingertips. And it, it doesn't feel like it, it, it never feels like it actually stops because you don't feel like you've ever tried everything you can in a game ever, because there's just so many ways you can hit the ball off the bat. There's so many ways you can tease everyone around you to get in their head and fake them out. And it's just endlessly renewing. And it, Jones is, I mean, we've all, many people have used the word addictive, <laughs> to describe that experience how much of do you guys resonate with any of that experience did town ball feel like that when it started or did it take a little bit to feel like that in my experience it was really cool to be involved in the creation aspect of that game as well so there was kind of this other level of like fascination as well as um sorry my dog is squeaking a toy um but yeah, it was. It is very. Once you get involved, the the obsession level is kind of there. You you really do. You want to play. You want to be involved. You want to improve. You know, we had people that you would never like really expect do it, end up doing it. You know, so that's the coolest part, in my opinion. Oh yeah, is is, is the non stereotypes getting excited, loving it. There was a guy that we called that we called Chips, um, <laughs> and he, he was not a baseball player. You know, it, whenever he came up to bat, everybody kind of scooted in. You know, because he wasn't really hitting the ball very far when he did make contact. And the thing that I loved watching about him was the fact that he went from somebody who's like, "Oh, it's Chips, okay, yada yada yada," to one of the best bunkers I have ever seen. The guy could put the ball wherever he wanted to, and he would just make it to first base. Oh. And he became a guy that you had to strategize around because he found his niche. Even though he wasn't your prototype, he wasn't your D1 athlete that was going to come through and just rip the ball over the fence every single time, right? He was a threat at every single time he took the plate. And that was one thing I loved watching. I, I should, hated playing against him because you should really t you should really send that to him because that I think that would make him so happy to hear. Oh yeah, because we would put him like I, in my head. I'm a pattern finding machine. Like that's the way I work. I find patterns. I I love it. It's so great. And so I have a bit of a catalog in my head whenever I see people hit, and I start to learn their patterns of what they do, and. 
I would always, whenever he would come up, I'm like, okay, you guys here, you guys here, 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 you know, and and thinking, oh, we got him this time. And every time he would put it in just that perfect spot and he would beat us by a step. Every single day time he would make it to first base and I'd go, dang it. <laughs> and that's what's great about it is that there's so many different ways to play the game. Like him, him against Brad Vasaki, two entirely different ways of playing, but both of them just as effective. Because Brad Vasaki, he wants to rip the cover off the ball every time. He wants to hit a bomb to dead center, and he wants to make you go chase it down. You know, and so I, I just think it's it's amazing that we have a sport that you can have that much of a difference and have it be so stark and still so effective. That's one of my most favorite things is the diversity of strategy without that coming at the expense of doing well in the game. Which means that you can have players who aren't your traditional athlete types. Downball might be the thing that actually gets them outside and playing a sport, right. a bat and ball game. Right. Um, now, you both are on the uh, Fresno Eagles. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, formerly the New York Mutuals. Uh, you guys changed. We don't talk about that. Right. We, we don't, don't talk, talk about, about Bruno. We changed change your names. Uh, you're one of three teams in California. Jumping right off to what you just said, Jimmy, about the difference in styles and how that doesn't affect your playing in a negative way. Who else is on your team on the on the Eagles and getting involved in like the West Coast tournaments we've been doing the last couple of years? Have you guys gotten to see that happen in a game again? That's like that story you told about chips or chips versus bread type deal. Um, you know, one thing that I have enjoyed is being able to see a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a while and remembering their play style and also watching it evolve, but also seeing new faces come through and again, finding that pattern, finding their tendencies and working towards, um, well, coming up with a strategy to beat them personally, because I'm very competitive and it's, it's very prevalent in the game today because that's one thing that will always be a part of town ball is finding ways to win and finding what your team is good at. And you see it with every single team that we have, uh, that we have played so far. Newberg has a very different strategy from Fresno, which has a very different strategy from Madeira. Uh, the three teams that we have played most as well as the, the Berkeley bears too they have a very different strategy and, and they work for their team because they tailor it to their strengths. So it's very alive and well, and it's, it's something that I look forward to every single time we play a new team, just trying to execute what our game plan is to the best of our ability and try and counter what they do. Yeah. So JT, I met you for the first time at the tournament last summer, 2022. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time back to town ball in a serious way for a lot of the California guys specifically. Yeah. Um, what was that like for you? It was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool to see everyone, really cool to be involved. I was really glad I could make it. It's hard with uh, adult adulting is is stupid. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Wait whenever I can make it, yeah, whenever I can make it, it's really a wonderful time. Uh, it's good to see everyone. It's good to see that everyone still has, like, their competitive spirit, but they still, you know, love each other. Yeah. You know, and it's still, it's still like an open environment. You don't have to be good, you know. Um, will you get made fun of? Maybe, but not in, like, a harmful way, in, like, a, you know, easy out kind of way, you know? <laughs> oh yeah I think but it makes it better but it makes it better when someone's like easy out and like even though they're joking and then you get to either slam it or you make it first and then to second you know it's a lot of fun or that person gets zoned out in the next inning yep exactly it's, like it's, karma. The, it's karma yeah how the turns have tabled how the turns have tabled yeah yep. you know some of my favorite memories of town ball we're playing with Josh because hey, we, we would just sit there and we would BS the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. We would do a lot of trash talking too. 
And there was some people that wanted to fight us. (laughs) It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So we've calmed down a lot, I think. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, like Seth, too. Like, Seth was a trash talker. He he's like one of the few people that I was like, man, you you and I like do not need to yell at each other. Like we we get each other going. And his his uh, brother too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His brother, well, his brother, his brother was, I don't know, arguably a better hitter. Seth might have been a better runner, but he didn't he didn't take the trash talk as well. Because I think one time he almost wanted to fight me. And uh, that was I fun. And he, and he was like a pegger. Like, he would throw it at you, too. Like, if he was mad, he would look for an opportunity to try and throw you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <hurt> too. <laughs> yeah, him and... Uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? John Souden? Souden, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Souden has a mean throw. Or at least had. I don't know yeah. what he's doing nowadays. What was the, what was the hardest peg you ever got? honestly um you remember before we had the town ball balls and we had the heavy tennis ball that we played with Uh that was probably the worst is when i got hit with one of those and i would just like have an actual welt (laughs) and i was like this is insane and then we started trying out different types of balls and it was it was wild yeah I don't know. Worst worst town ball injury I've ever had was running barefoot and I accidentally rounding a wicket just kicked it with my pinky toe. Oh. Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst. That would messed up my foot for like a week. <laughs> it was a cricket wicket at a town ball game. Yeah, we use That's cricket. What we used to use as um stakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, what's no. the worst you ever got hit or hurt? Uh, I've had I've had eggs that I've felt for like most of a game after it happened, but nothing where I was feeling it like the next day type thing. I think I've gotten pegged in the head one time. Uh, I got pegged in my back one time. That was kind of nasty. Um, my legs multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. but that that one kind of wears off quickly. Uh, I've I've witnessed a couple of injuries where I've been like, oh no, Uh-oh. like we were playing here in Michigan, and we had a lot of friends there, and and it was it was almost worse because it was a girl, and oh, no. and it was her first game I think ever, oh. and oh. my brother was so playing. That's when you want this to happen? <laughs> no, so I I'll spoil. So she still likes the game, and she's come back a few many times. Okay, so, okay. so, and, and it was not like a bad injury, but it was a head injury. So I felt responsible Uh-oh. and bad. I didn't throw it. My brother actually pegged, <laughs> got her. She was almost home. She had a really good run. She was running from fourth to fifth. I fielded into my brother at fourth and he's a basketball player. He's thinking really quick. He's great with location and like smooth like transfer my Mm -hmm. limbs around type moves and he he just doesn't even think he just turns boom and throws it to the right like you know 20 30 feet away and he gets it right in the head so everyone was like but she was fine she 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 did want to sit out the rest of the game but it was her first game and i felt bad and i'm like playing tumble like in a new place that i you know moved to recently and i'm like no but it's okay her and her now fiance love playing the game. Oh, and good. It's a good success story. But, you know, pegging is one of those funny things about the game where I played without it and it sucks yep. because there's so many times when you could do it, then you can't. And it's like that would have changed the entire tra- trajectory of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, we debated even, I mean, we played for a little while where you were allowed to catch it if someone threw it at you and like throw it away. Uh, <laughs> we played, yeah. like we tried that out for a while. We tried out a lot of different rules with like throwing the ball at people and what they were allowed to do and what you were allowed to do. It was really, it was quite a heavily debated topic. Because yeah. it hurts. <laughs> yeah and and we wanted to avoid liability and injury we're at a high school you know do you really want to have someone get hit in the head yeah. i i remember i was an advocate for that for a little while because i got hit in the face 
Yeah. Um, second base and it was muddy. So I wasn't going quite as fast. And a guy took one of those mush balls, you know, it's like bigger than a softball, but it's stitched mm-hmm. kind of like, football, but it got waterlogged and then dried. Yeah. Those are heavy. And it, and I got smacked in the face. It rung my bell. I was, I was woozy all day. I feel and like I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. We were playing over by the music building. It was rough, and I for a while I was like, "All right, guys, I want to make sure people don't get in the face." And then I remember <laughs> came to my senses afterwards. I was like, "Nah, we're good. Just throw it." He said, "After my concussion wore off, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we talked. Know. After my concussion wore off, and we talked about using balls with like a little bit more padding." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've really tried to perfect the softness of the balls but not so soft that when you hit them, it's not any fun. Right. I'm happy to, I'm happy to say we haven't really had, you know, really hardly any injuries as that I've know of We're anywhere. Dumb. Town ball has been played for the last few years, but we haven't played like full 13 on 13 though. So like it right. hasn't been fully tested like that, you know? Well, and I remember talking to Jones uh, back in the day and saying, you know, thinking about where this game could go, just imagine you do get, you know, someone from the baseball league <laughs> and then you're having them throw these this ball, throw these pitches and throw try and peg people. Like it's gonna feel a whole lot different than your average Joe. Uh-huh. I always maintain the fact that the best announcing job in sports would be a town ball game. Yes. Yes. It'd be the hardest and the best all at the same time. Oh yeah. But and it, I mean, it would be like you'd have to take a hockey announcer and take them to town ball. So you can't just have one person. It's too much. Oh, yeah. What was what that, would it be like to it? I was going to say, what would it be like to announce a town ball game where we actually had a legit stadium that was big enough to accommodate That's- a, f- a field where we, you know, that it's as big enough as the farthest ball that can be hit. Right. So I know we don't yeah. have like out of bounds, but I mean, cricket stadiums are big enough. So like. Exactly. Well, we we talked about that. Jones and I both have a very active imagination. uh, And, and, you know, I think we both share the vision of, I think this game belongs in a stadium. It it really is quite the spectator sport. Announcers can have so much fun with it. You can be, you have to be athletic to play the game well. These aren't short distances to run. I mean, to get home, you're, you're running a lot of feet. You can, st- I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. You can steal bases. It doesn't stop. The moment you're pitched to, you're good to go. It's just kind of one of those things where the free flow of it, especially with how our society now is go, go, go. And uh, we don't like pauses, pa- pauses and things. I think it would fit in perfectly. Like, really? Yeah, there's no forgiveness. You got to be yeah. on your A game. One out per inning, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a not a forgiving sport. You know, it is a game just like hockey. It's a game of mistakes. You know, like whoever makes the most mistakes loses <laughs> and whoever yep. makes the least mistakes wins. Yeah, yeah. we, we don't even record errors in our stats, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you count as an error? Yeah, yeah, that's a debate. But I like the, I the idea of a game in a stadium. I love that idea because it's just, you're right, it's perfect. And being able to play it in a stadium where where the whole field is in play and there's no bad spot because something could happen at any time. Right. Amazing. And announcing that game would be a lot of fun as well, but playing in that game would be what I would love. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, – I really do think – I've always told Jones is this has spectator a- appeal. If you – even learning the game because it, it could be so much fun, right? Say you, this is your first game you watch, and suddenly the guy like goes to pitch, but the person at second gets tagged out, and everyone is confused, even the announcer, you know. So it it's just one of those games where it it, it can have an element of surprise that everyone loves. It's a it doesn't just go one way; it, it changes every time. We would need a big video board for replays, though. It would have to oh, be there. Yeah, we would need like actual sports equipment too. Takes <laughs> <laughs> that um, actually stay in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I agree with what Jimmy said. You have a field that's made for this. It would be 
perfect where there's no issues, there's no uh, uh, problems on the field to watch out for. That would be awesome, you know? No, like, telling your team it's a little slippery at second, just so you know. (laughs) It makes it more fun, but, yeah, it's nice to not have that. Yeah, yeah. I do have to run. This was an absolute blast, you guys. Um, Please let me know, Grant, if you uh, want me on for any more. If you have other questions, let me know. I'm always happy to answer them. Uh, Other than that, I hope everyone has a great night. And I hope anyone who listens has a good time. Yeah, very nice to talk to you again, JT. I hope you like the jerseys. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. I still got to pick mine up. Yeah, same. (laughs) I've gotten pictures, but they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, JT. Back back to an actual repeat of what we did before, Jimmy. Uh, Yeah, um, I wanted to actually read some stuff to you and get your opinion on this. So, Jones... When he has an idea and he wants to put it into words, he just immediately types it out. And yep. he's he's a really good writer. We uh, took a survey. We did a survey monkey thing like a year or two ago, just very informally sent it out to Pinball players and just asked them basic questions about the game and what they like about the game. This was before we you know had any idea about a podcast. Brad... Saki, who's also very articulate and well-spoken. I can't remember the question he was answering, but there was a quote from the survey where he entered the answer. It would be interesting to create a creed declaring the freedoms town ball allows the players to have and why the game is the epitome of strategy and choice. While the premise of the game is set in stone, town ball allows brilliance and bravery to reinvent a whole new game within the game, be it mentally through physical skill it could be used to intrigue new groups to participate in learning the game or to create a fraternal bond between the players who already have grown to love it, end quote. And he, uh, that survey was in 2020. So Jones was like, okay, I, I, we should have, a, we should actually like make a creed because the other, the other thing we were running into was so many of the people we have playing this game are actually pretty like upstanding people. And, and they, they, they tend to have good character. They're kind people we would hate for that aspect of the culture that's been created in town ball to start to fade in some way. And so we wanted to actually put into writing, this is what it means to play town ball, to be a town ball player, things like that. So like there were five mission. Almost. What was that? Like a mission statement almost. Right. And we actually have a mission and vision statement that's totally separate that's more about like town ball is a bat and ball game from the massachusetts style right and we want we want to revive the massachusetts style by playing the game it's 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 a little more kind of cut and dry like that it's more businessy but what you're getting at is like the more of the heart and the soul aspect and we hadn't really put that in one place so this is it there are five aspects of human flourishing that we intend to cultivate and preserve through our experiences with town ball number one Town ball is a sport that encourages freedom, and as such, we will partake in that freedom. The new town baller may not like this aspect. That's because this is a sport with a freedom unlike any other sport. Um, in the you know book of James from the Bible, he refers to what he calls the law of liberty, where you can only have liberty if you know what the rules are. It's our belief that only with hard, fast rules can true freedom be reached. This is the balance between the sparsity and the absolute nature of the rules of town ball that causes it to be a game that actually instills freedom in the first place. So that's, so that's the actual written part. That's it for number one out of five. And freedom has got to be the most frequent word I've heard used to describe the experience playing this game by everybody I've talked to. Would you say the same? Oh, yeah. It's the thing that... I love the most. And what I love most about the freedom is the way that we go about it. Because normally when you're playing a sport and somebody does something that that you don't know if there's a rule against it or not, and you're like, hey, you can't do that. And they say, oh, well, is there a rule against it? And usually that's used as like a, you know, neener, neener, neener type of a thing, right? Smart Alec. Exactly. I think though, in the sport of town ball, the exact same thing can be said, but the heart behind it is entirely different because that's the point of the game mm-hmm. is to find 
how far you can push things without breaking the rules because they are so sparse but so hard and fast. And I think that's one of the things that is really enjoyable because and watching it as it grew and watching it as it became what it is today and continuing to watch it as it grows and expands, watching people realize like, oh, oh, I can do this. I can do that. Oh, and watching their eyes light up as they find new ways to make the game work for them. And I love the way that that got put in there is that it's an ever-expanding game and it's a game that will reach new audiences because of that freedom. And I think that's something that we need to hold on to very tightly, that as, as long as we protect the rules that we have in place and make sure that they are working towards the betterment of the game, that we hold on to those rules so tightly so that we can keep our freedom. Yes. And I love that. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And, uh, that, that creed, I think, is fantastic at first point. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one's pretty obvious. Uh, town ball is a sport that lends itself to strategy. And as such, we will celebrate that strategy. The rules don't explicitly state there are no foul balls. Rather, there is no rule dictating what is not fair. There's no rule that says you can steal first, but rather an absence of a rule that prevents it. Town ball was invented within the context of students trying to outmaneuver one another. <laughs> May this aspect of the game continually be preserved. There you go. Yeah. That's basically, I mean, that's you just said that. But without the freedom to do so, the strategy would change or not exist at all. Yeah. It would be too formulaic. Exactly. Number three, town ball is a sport that requires teamwork, and as such, we will cultivate that teamwork. Any good town ball captain will tell you that no town ball team, no matter how talented, will ever prevail without teamwork. Even though a town ball team is 13 players strong, no player of a victorious team can play for their own glory. It's only through teamwork that a team will persevere. Yeah. I mean, the example I like to, to throw out there, let's say you're playing a full 13 on 13 game and you have literally the best pitcher in the world has never allowed a person to first base, always gets a zone every single time, right? Mm -hmm. They still have to get eight runs. And let's say you have 12 other people who just, they never get a hit. It's going to take them 13 innings to get back up there and score their own run. And they have to be the best hitter in the world. Yep. It will take forever and it will not be enjoyable and even then there's no guarantee you're going to be able to do it by yourself it's not a sport that's engineered in such a way that someone could carry the team on their back and make it work as well as you could in other mainstream sports exactly if you're watching a game of basketball if you're so good you could tell the other four players just hang off to the side get out of my way i'm going to score every single time. lebron james you could do that yeah <laughs> you can't do that in town ball you are a mm -hmm. part of a you are a cog in a machine and you can be a very important cog, but you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. If you wanted to make a baseball reference, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, some of the best players historically to ever play the game. And yet the Angels have, well, they've been very bad year after yes. year. Yep. So you can have the absolute best players to ever play the game. And statistically, I think that might be true. And yet they don't even make the postseason. Nope. And even more so, that's exemplified in town ball. Oh, yeah. The, the target's always moving. Number yeah. four, town ball is a sport that breeds sportsmanship. And as such, we will embrace that sportsmanship. No town ball team can win every game. Therefore, playing town ball has to be more than about winning. And yet, town ball is most fun when each team plays to win. We reach the conclusion, therefore, that in town ball, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. What matters is whether or not you play so as to win. Yeah, there's been games where we're three hours deep and we're like, man, I just want to go home. But then you think <laughs> about it, going home means the other team wins. And that means you lose. And so you say to yourself, I'm not going to let that happen. So you, you push a little deeper. You, you reach a little further. And, and then the other team goes, oh, oh, they're, they're stepping up. We got to step up. And then it just, you keep on going. You keep on going because you don't want to give up because that would just disgrace everything you've done up until that point. 
Yeah, well, and I think it matters. I, I, I think there's a higher likelihood in town ball than in other sports for the tides to turn quickly. Very. In football, in basketball, if the other team's got a runaway lead and they have momentum, you feel almost like your only option is to feel like a loser because winning isn't within reach anymore. Right. Now, winning a town ball game, it, it, unless the other team has like maybe a 20 run lead on you, the game is technically always available to you to win if you just play your cards right enough plays in a row right if you're able to execute without any mistakes for long enough you will get there i've seen it happen it's happened at our tournaments too in the last couple of years down by like seven or eight runs what 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 game was it this season it was the um it was the coyotes i think both so both waker coyotes games were were like that actually the, uh, the the Coyotes were down in the first one, and then they came back and won it. Second game, Quakers were down, and they came back and won it. So, it, it happens more often than you think because it can. So, but it but it can only do that if you have the attitude too, which is what right. that point is getting at. Yeah. yeah. And then the final point, and this one's kind of different than the others. Townball is a sport that is rooted in history, and as such, we will respect that history. As an extraction of the best of what Baden-Ball has had to offer over the course of at least two centuries, we will respect the history from that, including the rich history that baseball has had to offer in the 20th century, so on and so forth. However, unlike those who only see value in baseball's past, like those who reminisce over the game when it was just a game, rather, those of us who have learned to love town ball, we play it now when it is just a game. That's something Jones has. That's like one of his go-to, like core sayings about the game that I've I've heard him say on occasion. And when I first heard him say it, I wasn't really sure what he meant. But it's clear when it's written like that. People want a game that's nostalgic, but they don't realize that they can have that right now. Other bat and ball games are games that look to the past. Whereas town ball is a game that is in the present and actively looking to the future. And I think an important thing to take out of that is when it was put that it was injected from the best of bat and ball games from the past two centuries. I think that is the essence of what we're trying to do because this sport is, it was built on the idea of what if the Massachusetts game was the one that had won out during the Civil War. The New York game, which is baseball, and the Massachusetts game, which is town ball, were competing at the time. And baseball was the one that people liked more back then. What if it was the Massachusetts game? What would the game have looked like if it had made it all the way to modern day? That's why we call it 21st century town ball. It's an idea of looking to the past, envisioning its present, and what it would look like in the future. The game was entirely conceptualized with all three stages of time in mind. And we cannot forget that. We cannot ever forget that it is a game that is constantly evolving, a game that is constantly growing, a game that is constantly looking to be better than it was before. And the more that we play it, the more that we can tweak it, the more that we can make it practically a perfect sport. And so I think that that is, I think it's tantamount to the first point of the freedom of it because it needs to be free to be able to flow and and grow as it needs to. Otherwise, it becomes a stagnant sport, a sport that people wish was alive like baseball, because baseball wants to go back to when it was just a game, and they don't realize that it is just a game. Hmm. And we are living in the time where it is just a game. And we can't be bogged down in tradition in trying to keep it what it was when it needs to grow into what it needs to be. And yet, Tomball is historical in the sense that it's more like what baseball was when people liked it the most. Like, it's this weird, like, both. Like, people like Tomball because it's scrappy. That's what baseball once was before it was baseball. So when you say that you love Tomball because it's scrappy, you're really saying that you love Tomball because it, enca- it encapsulates what baseball was originally meant to be. Yeah. And, and like I said, it exists in all three stages of time. Yeah. 
It exists in the past because we're referencing the past with all the other bat and ball games. It exists in the present because it is a modern game that we are playing and tweaking all the time. And that tweaking will turn into future change that we're looking towards and we're envisioning its future. We've talked about today playing in a stadium, what it would be like to do this at a professional level. And yeah. so it it is actively keeping itself right in that perfect mixture of all three. Yeah, I've never thought of that before. That's actually really cool. Yeah. It's it's like it's omnipresent. <laughs> if baseball is in the past, potentially the present because they're trying to they're trying to fix baseball and they're looking in all the wrong places and all the wrong ways to do it. Instead, play town ball. It's better. <laughs> we can't help ourselves but say that to people. Yeah, yeah. it's better. Yeah. yeah. Freedom, strategy, teamwork, sportsmanship history. So, yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. Hey, you know yeah. what? I love talking about this. So, yeah, me too. I can't get enough of it, clearly. <laughs> so, like you said, if you ever want me back on, just let me know and I'll come on and talk. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. I'll uh, talk to you soon, okay? Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the 21st Century Townball Podcast. If you want to learn more about the sport, you can visit our website at 21ctownball.com or look at our content on Instagram under the page at 21ctownball. If you're interested in playing the game or creating your own townball team, you can DM us on social media or email us directly at 21ctownball at gmail.com and we would be happy to start a conversation with you. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this is the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. Is there a ball in your town?